Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. If I bleed tonight, if I am sad tonight, I don't have a job to find. And if I work tonight, I'm so tired tonight. I'll fall asleep when I'm home, when I'm Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the Power Slam podcast here, wherever you get your podcasts or on Patreon a day early. My name is Kenny and I'm joined as always by Mr. Finley Martin. Finn, it's only three days as we record this till Christmas. You'll be getting your 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 carrot left out for Rudolph and your milk left out for Santa before we know it. Exactly, that's right. And obviously the new Inside the Ropes magazine... Issue 28 is on sale today. Arrived at my house yesterday in the mail. Um, so hope everyone will go out there and check it out. Um, but uh, maybe we should leave a copy of Inside the Ropes out for Santa, Kenny. Yeah, he's worked, he's worked long and hard this year. There again, if we did that, he'd be so distracted by the content of the magazine, he wouldn't get around all the houses and deliver the presents in time. Now that's a sales pitch right there. You know, this is not your first rodeo, Finn. Um, <laughs> but, um, well, listen, we're just here to give you some, you know, some some wrestling news, some chit chat before uh, we head off for Christmas. Um, so let's kick off Finn, with talking about AEW. And obviously, we said we we give a little bit of time to them. And Action Andretti um, did end up on part of this show, this show as well. Did you get a chance to see his match with Jericho from last week? I did indeed. Yes, it felt like they were trying to. You know, Jericho was looking for his one, two, three kid Sean Waltman moment. Yes. You know, the famous one, two, three kid Razor Ramon match from Monday Night Raw in 93, I think it was. Yeah, 93. So, yeah, the fans were really into it, weren't they? I mean, they were so into that match. 
It was quite astonishing. They were chanting, let's go jobber. Which I, think, <laughs> I think I first heard that chant. It could have been a Paul Burchill match. Remember when That's they... That's about right. <laughs> yeah. I think, remember the... Was it Paul Burchill and and his... It was his sister, who was Nikita. Katie was Lee Burchill. Katie Lee Burchill. And that storyline was kind of controversial at the time. And they got cold feet on it. And they didn't, you know... They didn't consummate <laughs> it, thankfully. Who, who could have um, foreseen that an incest storyline would be problematic and controversial? Nobody well, it didn't seem to be a problem uh, with that House of the Dragon show. I mean, I know that's different because it's fantasy, but House of the Dragon, you know, the, the Game of Thrones prequel that was on this year, I watched it all, and it started uh-huh. pretty well. And there's so much incest in it, Kenny. I was just like, I'm not even sure if I can finish this damn show. <laughs> was that bad i mean it really was uh, but yeah anyway paul birchall i'm sure that was the first time i heard that chant let's go job so fans were really behind action andretti and he scored the upset win and jericho thought sold it really well um and i'm glad to see that on this week's dynamite they followed up uh, and action andretti saved ricky stacks from an attack by the jas um and then jericho nailed him with a fireball and Presumably, that's going to lead to another match with Ricky Stark's involvement. So it's going somewhere. I was wondering, you know, it's all right doing these matches, but if you don't have a plan for the next step, then they're rather pointless. But I'm pleased to see that Andretti or Andretti has been given a storyline and this is going somewhere with actual names. So, yeah, yeah. I, I was I was very curious on this week's. We talked about this on Tuesday. I was very curious and very nervous for Dynamite last night to see what the Ricky Starks follow up would be, and um, I thought they actually did a pretty great job in what they transitioned him into. You know, he came out, he did promo, and brings out Jericho, and you know, uh, and then Jericho wants to join the Jericho Appreciation Society, which of course he would because Jericho wants to suck the life from all the younger wrestlers. <laughs> so it's kind of meta. Um, and then have an action and Andretti come out to kind of make the save after Ricky Starks declines the invitation, which yeah. is good. And Ricky Starks did challenge Jericho for the January 4th, 2023 edition of Dynamite. So um, that's, I assume, going to be happening. And then that'll probably lead us to some tag stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, you can't... It's like something like the action Andretti thing, you can't really manufacture that too often. But when you get somebody who you can do it with, it can be, you know really exciting to see somebody just kind of break out that you just, you know, you, you didn't have any eyes on whatsoever beforehand. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it's an easy device to use because you bring in somebody. I mean, the, the reaction from the crowd last week was so good. I mean, they, they couldn't have asked for a better response to this unknown character. Um, who's got some good moves. I mean, let's see how he is over the long haul and whether people, stick with him after this novelty win over a star and over a veteran. So, I mean, that's always the test. Um, You know, long haul, is it going to work long term? And, you know, we don't know that yet. I mean, we'll just have to wait and see. And that's up to really Andretti to show that he's got the talent to carry this push. Um, I mean, Ricky Starks, he's doing well right now in AEW. Um, I mean, the match with Jericho, that's a good follow-up for him. I mean, in some ways... He's, you could think, well, he needs that win. But there again, if he defeats Jericho, that's kind of the end of the story. 
So in some ways he needs to lose. And I know that will be another loss on his record after losing to MJF. But if he if he loses to Jericho, then it prolongs the story. And then maybe he could target other members of the Jericho Appreciation Society, defeat them one by one, and then defeat Jericho in a rematch. Yeah. I think that's the way I would go with that story because it prolongs it, gives it, you know, there's more meat on the bones. Um, and it means that when he finally does defeat Jericho in that rematch, it would mean more than a victory in the first match. Yeah, no, it seems like, you know, you could you could theoretically have Ricky Starks take that loss uh, on the 4th of January and then you could yeah. sort of have a storyline that culminates a revolution on March the Absolutely, 1st. absolutely. I mean, that's ex- that's precisely how I would book it because that way you're involving everyone in the Jericho Appreciation Society. Everyone has a role. Because, I mean, a lot of those guys don't aren't really doing anything, are they, apart from Jericho? Yeah, um, yeah. So they would get them all involved and, and they would all feel like they had a purpose. So, um, so yeah, 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 yeah. I thought it was pretty good. Um, um, I mean, what about what about that, that segment with the Rick Ross guy and Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland? Oh my god! I mean, it was it was rough. Oh, I mean, dear. the thing is, you. Do, I mean, look, in wrestling historically, there's always been that element of because obviously Tony Khan, you can see from the TV at the moment, he is trying to take some chances and do some stuff differently from what he was doing to try and. You know, because there's people who were very critical of the show and he's trying to do some things to fix that. And with wrestling, sometimes you do just throw stuff at the wall. But, I mean, who thought this was going to work? Like, it was so odd. And then Parker Boudreaux, I mean, he just looks like... You know how, like, in the 90s, like, when when WWF had those Hasbro figures and then you'd have people who'd make the knockoff ones... (laughs) <laughs> he looks like somebody just thought you know let's just put loads of tattoos on Brock Lesnar and you know Benjamin Button him a wee bit um, and, and, and back, backwards and that's what he kind of looks like so and yeah. he, he's, he's been in this uh, faction the Trust Busters as far as I'm aware on Dark and I know they did something where they were feuding with Sonny Kiss and then Sonny Kiss joined them or something. But that's that's yeah. all I know about him. I think, that, no, I think, I think yeah, I remember the Sonny Kiss heel turn. Um, but yeah, you look at Parker Bordreau and, yeah, and you can understand why WWE let him go. Um, <laughs> and the, the other drawback as well to, to this segment or this angle, this beatdown of Swerve, uh, sorry, of Keith Lee, was that Parker Bordreau looked enormous in NXT. And in this company... Keith Lee, who is colossal, of course, mm-hmm. he, he didn't look very big at all. So you've just basically neutralized his strength by booking him in a angle beat down with people who are much larger than him when his main strength was his size. And it's just like, think about that for a moment. But uh, yeah, Rick Ross was just dire. I mean, he swore. I mean, <laughs> I mean that's surely not going to have gone down well, the F word. Um, yeah, well, especially because remember there was there was a whole thing a few months ago that Warner wanted to tone down how often they said shit on air because they've okay. been saying it loads. So the F word was not going to be a welcome addition. Oh dear, I mean you're right, and it just you you become desensitized to swearing when you swear too much. I mean, listeners of this podcast know this about Kenny. You're bad. Listen, I, I I toned down my swearing on this podcast. There, but I'm from Glasgow though. We all we swear. We're a sweary people. Listen, oh. we're just trying. I'm just well, I'm trying to help here, Kenny. You know, edification. It's my role in life. 
what you need to do. You know, I'm trying with you and others. And I may need to do some work on with Rick Ross, I think. I need to get him in next. Get that on YouTube. Um, (laughs) Anyway, the thing that amused me the most about this was they beat Keith Lee down and then Swerve Strickland. This is a big turn, by the way, the big split, isn't it, of of Swerve and Keith, right? Because they've been going through some problems. Keith walked out on on, uh, Swerve at the pay-per-view at Full Gear when he was trying to go about things in a less than sportsmanlike way, right? That's it, but it appeared that they had, you know, they're going through mediation, they've reconciled, (laughs) appeared they had. Yeah. You know, even though, like, Swerve had abducted Billy Gunn and then, you know, destroyed his fingers with a pair of pliers and magically healed in just a few weeks. It's amazing how that happens. Amazing how that happens in pro wrestling. Mind you, the same thing happens with Pete Dunne. You know, he breaks his opponent's fingers and then they're fine in the next match as well. So let's, you know, let's, you know, let's distribute this criticism equally, Kenny. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and, but then, so they set Keith up after beating him down and play, say, cinder block, they call it in America, or a breeze block that they call it in the UK. They make houses from these things. And then Swerve jumped off the top rope onto the cinder block that was placed on Keith's chest. And the cinder block, you know, smashed to smithereens. What did he make these cinder blocks out of in the States, Kenny? I mean, it's it's shoddy workmanship. You know, it's shoddy workmanship. I mean, this, you know, that's not, I mean, this show had a, I thought there's some good things on time, but one of the other the other things on the show that I found quite difficult was the, the hammer. You know, the hammer is a difficult object for me to take seriously. Yeah. And you can remember, I, I can't remember if Sandra said this when she was on with you as well, but it was one of the retro shows I was doing. And Sondra said she hates the sledgehammer because you just can't take it seriously. And it was only when she pointed out, I was like, oh, God, you're right. But yeah, when you see and when you see these cinder blocks, it's like, it looks impressive when you just see it kind of together. But then as soon as you hit it off of someone, you're like, oh, God. You know, yeah. you know exactly what it is. So taking a table bump, table bumps look quite pleasant sometimes. Yeah. You, know, you just need to blow on the table and it falls over. <laughs> but I mean, the table bump, it's not going to kill you, is it? And also, it actually cushions your fall if you take it right. I mean, there have been quite a few instances this year of people taking table bumps, not in the middle of the table, but too close to where the legs are, which must be a very painful landing. And it means the table doesn't break properly. But if you do it properly, I think the table actually cushions your fall and it makes a big noise, which is what you're seeking from one of these spots. It's like those. You know, rubbish bins they use, those special rubbish bins. I mean, they wouldn't hold up to the demands, would they, of actually putting rubbish in them? <laughs> no. I because they're just, like, made from tin foil. But that's fine because it makes a big noise and it doesn't hurt so much when a person gets struck with one of them. So it all makes sense. It's like one of these silly things that happens in pro wrestling that we're so accustomed to now that we we don't really mind. You know, we're used to it. You know, it's... You like a lot of moves when you think about it, a lot of moves like that person, that move would just paralyze someone. But because it's pro wrestling, then you know, we know that oh, that person's kicked out on two, that means they're really tough. <laughs> but yeah, the hammer, the hammer's a tricky one. I mean, the sledgehammer, I never had as much of a problem with the sledgehammer as other people did because you usually used it, uh, like he would grab the, the, the head of the hammer and he would usually just like nail someone in the stomach with it. So it wasn't like he was taking a sledgehammer and then you know, just using like like you would actually use a sledgehammer 
to like, you know, smash someone's face in or leg in or knee, you know, it would be used in a different way. The best, sl- the best sledgehammer shot he ever did was the one on Shawn Michaels right after that SummerSlam match. That was probably the best one that he did that looked brutal and then was played into the storyline of Shawn Michaels not being able to walk for two months. Yeah, so I mean, the guy actually sold it and it, <laughs> and it mattered, you know. I mean, that's that is you know what underpins pro wrestling at the end of the day is the sell because without the sell what have you got you've just got it's just a bit of a joke really isn't it it's like every fight scene you see in a movie if someone's not selling the effects of you know the punch they've taken or they've been hit by a car or a or a chair or whatever if they're not then selling that blow or that impact in the next scene then it has no emotional impact, does it, on the viewer? It's that simple. If you if you look at the psychology of fight scenes in movies, at least ones that are done well, it actually mirrors the psychology of pro wrestling when that's done properly as well. If you ever notice that, that's something you don't really notice that as a kid. And you're like, oh yeah. And then after a while, you're like, oh yeah, this is actually done in a certain way where the hero has to be at a disadvantage against the villains, not vice versa. Otherwise, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, this I mean, yeah, the hammer, it's a funny one. And yeah, I mean the sledgehammer, I mean, a lot of the times with me when Triple H used it, is it is he would get the hammer and he would miss with it. So it was more of a a tease spot rather than you know a knockout blow shot, although sometimes you would use the hammer to win as well. Um the other thing I wanted to mention from Dynamite, I actually thought the Hikara Shida Jamie Hater main event match was pretty good. And I, I very rarely in AEW did, did the women's matches get that kind of reaction from the crowd, where the crowd are quite into what's going on, and there's not that many clunky moments, which there tends to be in a lot of other ones. So I thought they, they did a pretty good job. How did you feel they did? Being put in a pretty high-pressure environment to main event a Dynamite. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I think Hikaru Shida, I think she's a real talent. I think she's someone who who could do well in the WWE system. Um, I remember after she dropped the women's title to Britt Baker, I mean, they she was just, they basically just didn't, obviously didn't kill her because she's still going. But I remember they really damaged her very badly because when Britt defeated her, Britt was the heel, Hikaru Shida was the face, Britt cheated to win. And then I remember Tony Schiavone hugged Britt Baker. It's like, Britt's, Britt's a heel. I know you're supposed to be pals. But you're supposed to be babyface announcer. And then Sheeda just disappeared. And she didn't receive a rematch. I mean, maybe she did receive a rematch with Big Baker at some point, but it wasn't for a very long time after she lost the belt. And they just did nothing with her. So I think she's a real talent. I think Jamie Hayter's uh, really good as well. I think they're probably the two best women in AEW's uh, women's division. Maybe Athena's probably the third best. So, I mean, Hater's promos are a bit suspect, so she needs to work on those. Um, but, yeah, I mean, good for them. They got the main event slot. You know, they really delivered. The audience was with them. Hopefully this has been recognised backstage. Um, and, um, yeah, it was a, a quality match. And um, we we need more of those from the AEW women's division. Yeah, definitely a step in the right direction, though. And I, I think uh, it proves that Jamie Hater is definitely... You know, the position they're putting her in is, is where she needs to be. So um, definitely. definitely. Um, it's nice to see hard work and improvement be rewarded. Yeah. Um, and I did just want to say, just on the Keith Lee thing, um, I, I feel like this, one of the things with Keith Lee is I just don't think he's the same performer he was 
a couple of years ago. And I know that's obviously because he had his health issues. I'm not trying to be cold about it, but he's just not. You know, he doesn't seem to have the oomph that he used to have. <clears throat> and, you know, AEW have at points put him in you know, big positions. And I just don't really think, for the most part, he's shone. Um, and I feel like it's one of those things where I I don't think he's I I don't see him making it wherever he goes. I think WWE AEW. I think he's just. I think the time has passed. You know, some wrestlers it's like there's a time, and if they just if they can make it big at that point, they'll 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 work. And yeah. if it goes too long, and then add in the in, the injury or the health concern. Uh, yeah, I just I just don't think Keith Lee. I think Swerve will probably go further in AEW than Keith will. Yeah, you could well be right. I mean, I think. You know, Keith Lee, he did well. He, he did very well in NXT. And then he brought him into WWE, the main roster. He beat Randy Orton in that match. And things were looking good for him. And then Vince seemed to lose interest. Um, and then he had the health problems. And there was quite a few factors. So I don't know if it was, it was the health problems or him losing his job with WWE last year that really diminished his... I mean, maybe it was maybe it's the health problems that's a, that's the reason why he just doesn't have that spark anymore, and that could well be the case. But I think sometimes as well, you know, you'll have this dream in wrestling that you want to, you know, you want to go and work for this company, and he was there, and he's got this huge win over Orton, and then that dream is dashed, and I think that can be very difficult to recover from. So it's very possible that that has had an effect on a detrimental effect on him as well. And that would be perfectly understandable. I mean, I just feel like it's a shame, Kenny, that they're not doing anything with Miro. And I don't understand this at all. And I think Miro versus Keith Lee would be a huge match for both, a huge feud for both, in which both could, I think, rehabilitate their images, you know, and their stock and enrich yeah. themselves and, I just think that would be a match that a lot of people would want to see. And it hasn't happened yet, to the best of my knowledge, in AEW. No, it, it feels like, to me, there's something about the Miro situation we don't know. There's something, because everybody else gets used, you know, even if they're not used as much as we would like them to be or whatever. He's really the only one, if you go through everybody, uh, that is not used. And there's got to be a reason for that. But hopefully they figure it out. Um, I did want to ask you about a couple of people. It's two different situations, but I thought it's worth bringing up because it is obviously in the news. Uh, Matt Riddle has been sent to rehab um, by WWE uh, for failing a drug test. And also he's obviously got all the personal stuff going on with uh, his ex, I think it's ex-wife now, I think divorce has now been finalised. There's you know the affairs and all that stuff that's going on. Do you think Matt Riddle is going to recover from it and be back to kind of where he was pre all this stuff going on? Or do you think all this kind of drama that's following him around is going to stick? Um, I mean, that. I mean, it's up to him. I mean, he needs to, I mean, they're obviously serious about this WWE. Um, I see this as his last chance. Um, hopefully he's, he understands that it's his last chance as well. And that if he does not, react to this in the way that WWE would wish him to, you know, then he will be out on his ear. He will lose his job. And, you know, the chances are, you know, he's obviously he's, he's got an ex-wife, so he'll be paying maintenance, alimony there. He's got kids. You know, he's in a really good position in his career. 
So, you know, obviously we'd get work elsewhere. I mean, I don't know whether AEW would take him. Possibly not. He would get work somewhere. I don't know. But to me, he's got to recognize that this is, you know, last chance saloon territory, Kenny. As far yeah, as I'm I would, concerned. I would agree. I think I think he's kind of I think more because they're just not gonna want that level of drama following no, around. And they're not. I mean, from what I understand, it was like this in UFC as well. There was always drama around him, and that's why he was eventually released from his contract. Because they just they did even though they liked him and he was a very personable guy and he was a good fighter and he had a lot of qualities, there was too many problems connected to using or dealing with or booking riddle that it just wasn't worth it so they sent him back in and he ended up in pro wrestling so i i mean we'll see i mean you can only it's up to it's up to matt riddle isn't it kenny at the end of the day i mean there's a lot of people in life who don't have this support when they fall apart or make poor decisions you know they say don't you sometimes in life you just like is it two or three poor decisions from being homeless? That's what they say, don't they? Yep, yep. I mean, the, I, the I, other thing is, is that you, you know, Randy Orton, obviously, who was his partner before, Orton got away with a lot of stuff because he was kind of the, the prodigal child that they'd chosen to be the the, the guy that was going to make it. But Riddle doesn't have that. You know, Riddle's had heat from day one, whether it's this, the Goldberg stuff, the Seth Rollins stuff. Now the the Brock Lesnar stuff as well. The Brock Lesnar stuff. Because he, here's the thing, I mean, anyone who's listened, I'm sure everyone listens to this is aware of it, but a lot of wrestlers cheat and have affairs and all that kind of stuff. It's it's not a uncommon thing. It's probably more likely, there's probably more people that do that than don't do it if you were to get the numbers. But most of them are smart enough to, you know, keep quiet about it and make it a private thing. You know, very rarely do you hear it be kind of out in the public arena. Um, but with him, it seems to be in the public arena. And, you know, I, I'm sure it was like, it feels like a year ago that we heard his wife sort of um, on social media talk about what's happened. But then it feels like every few months there's something else. And there's another woman who's coming out of the woodwork to say that something happened. And it's just constant. And then there's, you know, accusations that he, you know, it's more than just affairs. It's maybe abuse and stuff. So it's it seems to be continuously more and more stuff's coming out. And for him to get past this i think he needs to sort all of that personal stuff out and find a way to sort of deal with it going forward but it's not uh it's not affecting his work all the time yeah i mean i actually don't think in a way i don't think it's actually affected his in-ring work i think that's been really good you know well, yeah, so... i just mean like his his job not his work oh yeah yeah absolutely you're right kenny because i mean when this is out in the public domain this is it's a public company, WWE. You know, it's it's PG rated, of course. You know, its performers are supposed to be role models to some extent to the to the public and to kids. And Riddle is somebody as well who I think probably does have a lot of appeal to children or young adults. And I just feel like it's incumbent upon him to behave in a professional and you know responsible manner and not have all these allegations and all this drama swirling around him. And in the social media age, and the social media has been around for a very long time now, over 10 years. I think I've been on Twitter since 2010. So, um, I mean, it's been around for a long time now. And, you know, it's not a new thing. The, the way you behave at the ring, 
um, is as, is in many ways as important as the way you behave in the ring or backstage. Um, and it is, I'm not saying it's a shame for Riddle because obviously a lot of this has been self-inflicted, but it did feel like he was making progress and he was, you know, behaving irresponsibly backstage and attracting a lot of heat. Remember the Seth Rollins thing, Kenny? Seth Rollins. Yeah, yeah. Was a big deal. After, was, I think it was he. Was it Riddle's wife who made some comment about Becky Lynch? Yes, and then uh, Rollins got involved, and it became a whole thing for like exactly a- just another problem. And it, you know, each one of these individually is not a big thing, but collectively, it then just becomes oh, another Riddle situation. You know, very much like you were saying with Randy Orton fifteen years ago. There's oh, oh, more than fifteen years ago now. There always seemed to be problems with Randy Orton you know, misbehaving and just being immature and just not representing the company in the manner that the organization would like it to be represented. It just, you know, if I can use that phrase, bringing the company into disrepute. And, you know, and that's a a weird phrase to use after what happened with Vince this year. But Vince obviously paid the price as well. Um, You know, he had to resign. So, um yeah, as I said, this is last Riddle's chance. last chance to get his act together, and and it's up to him. You know, he's not twenty one or twenty three, and you could say that about Randy Orton. He's young, and you know, he's he's had everything handed to him. I mean, Riddle's what he about? Is he about thirty six, something like that? Thirty seven? Uh, let me just check. I think he's about that age. Um, yeah. Matt Riddle is thirty six. Yeah, he'll be thirty seven in January. So I mean, he's old enough to know better, and old enough to set the example to younger wrestlers as well. And, you know, if you're a veteran, and I know in a sense he's not a wrestling veteran, but he's been doing it a while now, um, you have a responsibility to set the example to others. And, and yeah, it's up to him. He needs to just, he needs to get his act together. And, um, um, and just kind of on that topic, the last thing I want to ask you about quickly is obviously uh, Lacey Evans was in the news this week because she posted a thing on Instagram where she basically had... Uh, posted a video talking about autism slash an ADHD and how uh, it, it was a controversial video where basically it was kind of alleging that this wasn't around in the 80s and processed foods has contributed to it and all that kind of jazz and she got obviously pelters for it and people have been very upset especially people who have autism or people who have family members who have ADHD or autism etc um, and she kind of tried to double down on it for a while we've seen this before where you know uh what was his name? He was Gunner and TNA. Jackson Riker. Jackson Riker, yeah, from the Forgotten Sons. Yeah, he had chosen to sort of put his political allegiance out there about uh, Donald Trump. We've seen various times where wrestlers have chosen to sort of use their position to put at a point. And a lot of times I don't really understand why, because why would you want to alienate half of your audience? No matter, like, even if your intent's good in what you're trying to say, it's just, you know, how can you think it's going to be a good result? But... I mean, it feels like for Lacey Evans, this is not the time for her to be doing this when she's got vignettes that are trying to reintroduce her to WWE. It's just, it seems like quite a baffling choice. And do you think do you think it's going to affect her in any way, this? Drama? Well, it, it may do because she was trending for at least two days, possibly longer, um, and people were really railing on her. I mean, that's, that's Twitter for you. It's, you know, it's the pylon place, isn't it? Um, so I have no idea what she was thinking, retweeting that, you know, if that's what she thinks, she should keep those opinions to herself because again, 
you know, she's a representative of a of an international public company. And these things matter and these things are hurtful. And it's like, you know, do not share those views. I mean, it's absolutely absurd. So, I mean, I have just, I'm just baffled why anyone, you know, why anyone would think that in the first place is completely, I mean, I know a relative's son um, has autism. So it's obviously a very, it is a very real thing. Everyone knows this is a very real thing. And to suggest it isn't is just, so detached from reality, I can't even begin to have a conversation about it, Kenny. But I mean, yeah, so, yeah, so, someone actually posted on our uh, Inside the Rose Facebook community, and I, because I'd obviously seen the furore that was going on, and so, and I hadn't even thought about this, which is, you know, I, I'm glad the person brought it up, I won't name them because they might not want me to, but somebody had mentioned, you know, that they've got a non verbal autistic son. And you know, you think about that, and you think that person is 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 got all this stuff that they're trying to deal with in their life, and then they they've got this muppet just you know putting this out there. It's just it's baffling as to what she like. What was the what was the win going to be for her in this regard? I I don't get it. I don't. Well, I mean, the problem is with social media. I mean, I think as I've already said, this is not a new thing. But I do remember when it became a thing for everyone, which was about twenty ten. I think most. A lot of wrestlers ended up on it. If you remember, Vince, Vince hated it at first. Yeah. He just thought it was this thing for nerds and dweebs. <laughs> and then someone explained to him, hold on a minute, Vince. We could start getting raw trending each week. We can reach this audience that doesn't currently watch. And it's free. You know, this is a great way of publicizing this product. And he did a U-turn in the space of a couple of weeks. I remember it quite clearly. And he was on board with Twitter. Because remember, it was 2010. It was actually during the first season of um, um, NXT, the Daniel Bryan season. Yeah, the game show. Yeah, that's it. And um, I remember when that happened and it just became, wow, this Twitter's amazing tool for us to publicize our company. But I remember a lot of wrestlers, when they um, signed up to Twitter, they got themselves in a lot of trouble by writing things probably after they've been drinking, probably after they've been doing other things, um, so that they, you know, weren't quite as resp- the, the responsibility meter you know, was was diminished or impaired, shall we say, Kenny. And they were just putting stuff out there. And I believe there was a, a ban on what at one point in WWE that wrestlers were like banned from tweeting after like 10 p.m because they couldn't be relied upon to behave responsibly. And here we are, you know, nearly 13 years later, and Twitter is a, and social media, a huge part of our lives and just a a normal part of our lives now. And people like Lacey Evans are communicating or retweeting um, comments like this to a mass audience. I mean, you know, you could sort of, I wouldn't say you could forgive it if this was 2010 because you couldn't, because she shouldn't be making those comments anyway, because they're painfully untrue and hurtful. Um, but here we are nearly 13 years later. It's like she doesn't understand the power of social media and how can she not? It's just she, crazy. If I was her, I would just delete the whole thing. And if you cannot, if you can't trust yourself to tweet things that are not going to offend people, then either get someone to run your Twitter for you or just, you know, suspend or, you know, cancel it. 
That's my yeah. advice. And I think know? that she, I think she's, uh, she's going to really struggle after this to, oh, to yeah. have people take her seriously because autism is not a joke, and the people who have to. Uh, have to the people that, that you know deal with their family members or children or whatever who have it and sort of know the hardships of it and stuff. Um, it's a real kick in the balls to 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 read her saying that. I mean, she doesn't even have, as far as we're aware, someone who's autistic in her family. So she's just, you know, one of these idiots that just believes all these conspiracy theories. So I mean, it's doubly weird because I mean, she's been a public figure in many ways, you know, through WWE, and obviously she was in the Marines prior to that, and she's got two kids so she must have come into contact with lots of different people in, in her life and mm-hmm. surely she would have come into contact with more with one or more children or adults who have one of these conditions that she says doesn't exist you know it's not like she's a hermit living in a cave somewhere is it and never has any contact <laughs> with society well, that's the other thing that's crazy about it that may she, be a future fan after this well, I mean, it may be, and you know, if you're, a, you know, if you're a representative of this company, you've you've got to be, you've you've just got to be respectful to everyone. You just have to be because you're representing WWE. And and what if she, what if she say say she ends up getting a push, right, and she ends up getting quite popular, and then WWE partner with an autism charity, and they find out that she was putting that out there. Well, you know what? I mean, if I was her, I would, I would, I would basically backtrack. I'd issue the apology, and I would actually seek to work with some of these people that she's probably alienated. But there'll be a way of actually atoning. Maybe there won't be. Maybe I don't know. Maybe these none of these people would want anything to do with it. But if your apology is sincere and genuine, then people eventually will accept it. Yeah, I'm convinced of that. You know, it's not like she's committed murder or something. No. She's put out a hurtful tweet. So this can be undone, but she will have to work at it and she will have to be sincere and she apologetic and she will have to, you know, seek to educate herself about something that she's clearly ignorant about. So I think there is a way forward for her. And if I was her, I'd get the wheels in motion on that today. You know, atonement. That's Indeed. what she needs. Never mind bloody doing an assault course. You know, <laughs> she needs to atone for this. And she could probably, she, I don't know whether she could do it. Maybe not. I don't know. But I mean, I definitely do think that if you if you go out there and just say, listen, you know, I was wrong, you know, about this. You know, I just want to know about these things. I want to help these people. You know what I mean? There are things yeah. you can do, and, but you've got to be genuine about it. It can't be just a PR stunt. No, it can't. Well, listen, um, that that is all the time we've got for for now. We will be doing a power slam overrun that will be available on Patreon over uh, over the weekend. But uh, yeah, we hope you have a good Christmas. Um, I'm sure we'll be I'm sure we'll be back next week in between Christmas and New Year in some form. We will discuss that. Um, but we'll let you know. We'll, we'll tweet something out about what what the plans are. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, we hope you have a good Christmas. We hope you have a, a nice time. And um, yeah, take what you said on Tuesday, and thanks for listening to us all year. Thanks for uh, you know supporting us. It's uh, very much appreciated. It absolutely is. Yeah, we hope everyone has a good Christmas and uh, turn the news off. That's what. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. should facilitate. I just had to turn. I had the news on this morning for the first time in a few weeks. Just had to turn it off. These peddlers of misery. <laughs> it's like put a Christmas movie on. 
you know, do something fun. Yeah. And exactly. um, but yeah, we, we really appreciate your your support all year. Thanks for listening to the podcast, you know, reading the columns, you know, buying the magazine and just, you know, generally keeping us going. You know, we um, you know, we feel like we're, we're we hope we're making a difference, or at least you know, you know, I always like the phrase, you know. I remember reading this about somebody who was a, a film critic and someone wrote, I can't remember the name of the film critic, but someone wrote about him and said, this guy makes movies matter. And I remember thinking, what an amazing description or what amazing compliment to that writer that he makes movies matter through his writings. You know, and I hope we make wrestling matter, you know, through what we say and what we write as well. Couldn't put it better myself. Uh, so, yeah, have a great Christmas, everybody. And as Finn says, do something fun. So thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll talk to you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.